Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Colossians. Today is episode 593, looking at Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Let's read our passage. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink, or in the matter of a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. This is Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. He's dealing with a problem in Colossae. There's a group, we don't know how big it is, but there's a group enough that it's concerned to Paul that's leading the people astray. They're taking their eyes off of Christ, and they're looking to angels for answers. And they think they're getting special knowledge. This is probably a preliminary form of Gnosticism. Gnosticism doesn't really come into full bloom until after the year 100, but by preliminary means some of the ideas are there. And it seems to have a Jewish flavor to it. So this isn't like some of the Jewish issues that Paul was dealing with in other places, like in 1 Corinthians and in Galatians, where people were calling for Christians to become Jews and follow the Jewish laws. It's similar to that, but it seems to have more of this Gnostic flavor to it, and where they're not just calling for Jewish laws, they've gone beyond that and are looking to these angelic beings for answers. So Paul's argument throughout this letter is the sufficiency of Christ, the supremacy of Christ, that everything we need spiritually is Christ and Christ alone. And the gospel gives us what we need to know to follow Christ. So we don't need to be looking elsewhere. We don't need to be looking to angels to give us special information so we can be more spiritual than other people. What we need is Christ. So he's been talking in chapter two about the sufficiency of Christ, and we're getting hints of what the problem is. And he's continuing here in verse 16 and 17. He says in 16, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink, or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. So don't let anyone judge you. It seems that they're saying these things are necessary either for salvation or to experience the fullness of salvation. In other words, they're saying these things are essential, that it's not just a Jewish custom to follow. These things are absolutely essential, and they seem to be going beyond just the Jewish rules. We'll see next time where they're going way off the tracks and they're calling for angel worship. So people are judging them, saying, you are sinning if you're not doing these things. And it seems that part of the problem is asceticism. Now, asceticism is form of religious practice, and uh, ascetic, the adjective, comes from the Greek word ascesis, which means training or exercise, and the context is it's exercise you do to prepare for an athletic event. So that that's good, but where it turns into a religious thing, that's where it's essentially self-denial, trying to be spiritual by denying pleasures, by denying uh, certain foods by denying certain practices. So trying to be spiritual by self-denial. In the extreme form, it's even self-punishment, where people are cutting themselves or whipping themselves. 
So the best guess is there's an influence of this asceticism along with the Jewishness, along with the pre-Gnosticism. So it's a lot of stuff coming together that are leading the Colossians astray. So don't let anybody judge you in regard to food and drink. Now, this is where we get this Jewish influence, that the, the talking about the dietary restrictions of the Old Testament. Now, these were done away with. We see throughout the New Testament that these dietary restrictions are done away with. Jesus said that as much that the, the dietary restrictions were, were done with. In the Acts chapter 10, Peter's vision with the unclean animals was saying the dietary restrictions are done away with. So there's several places that we see the these dietary restrictions of the Old Testament have been removed. And so to be demanding that people follow them is leading them astray. And that's the Jewish influence. But putting it all together, there seems to be also an ascetic influence where they're going beyond the Old Testament rules. And one of them right here is saying food and drink. It's not a lot in the Old Testament restricting what you can drink. But the only thing is prohibiting overindulgence in alcohol. It's, there's a lot of restrictions on food, clean versus unclean, and how it has to be prepared and handled and monitored. But as far as drink, there's not much in the Old Testament on that. And so it seems they're going beyond even the Old Testament Jewish practices. They're adding new ones and taking it to extremes. So don't lay by judge you in regard to food and drink, or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Now, these are the calendar requirements of the Old Testament, which we've seen elsewhere have basically been done away with. The requirement for festivals of the Old Testament, there's the three major festivals of Passover, Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. These are called out in Leviticus 23, the new moon. They celebrated new moons monthly. Uh, numbers 10.10, Numbers 28.11 talk about that. And the Sabbath. Every week you have the Sabbath day, which was a day of rest. It's discussed in Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, and then again in Exodus 31. So these Jewish calendar requirements, he says, don't let me judge in regard to those either. And he explains in verse 17, these are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Well, the description of a shadow is pretty fitting here. A shadow resembles the thing that's casting the shadow, but not exactly, and it just resembles it. it. It's not the thing. It's related to it, it resembles it, but it's not the thing. So these things, that is the Old Testament requirements of the dietary restrictions and the calendar things that says they're, they're a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. What we say here is that these Old Testament rules point to Christ. They're a shadow in that they kind of resemble, but they're really more pointing toward. So the Old Testament law, we've dealt with this in some of Paul's other letters. So what was the deal with the Old Testament law? Well, it reveals the character of God and it anticipates the coming of Christ. And so that's where it's the shadow of what is to come. And then what's actually casting the shadow is Christ himself. So you think about like the festivals, the Passover. 
Well, in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says the Christ is our Passover. So why would it be necessary to require Gentiles to celebrate the Passover when we're told that Christ is our Passover sacrifice? So it's already done. It's accomplished. It can't be redone. As far as Sabbath goes, the day of rest, Jesus says, come to me, you are weary and burden and I will give you rest. He is our rest. That's Matthew 11, which is 28-29. So these things that they're saying you must do, they're accomplished in Christ. And that's where the example here is this is taking their eyes off of Christ and putting it on things they must do versus the idea of that Christ has done everything that needs to be done for us to have a relationship with God may not be absolutely obvious as we read through just these couple of verses of the ascetic nature of things. I think that comes out a little later in, in chapter 2. But we definitely see the Jewish nature of things, where they're calling for the Colossians to follow the requirements of the Old Testament Jewish law. And, and as we'll see, they're actually going beyond. We see a little bit of that with the food and drink, but we'll, we'll see it later on. This call for asceticism, that is a, a denial of self to conquer the flesh, essentially, and thereby be more spiritual by conquering the flesh, by setting aside earthly desires. Paul's argument is you don't need these Old Testament requirements. They've been set aside. The moral requirements of the Old Testament are still intact they reveal the character of God. But the cultural, I mean, what was the reason for these special things? It was to set the people of Israel apart, to give them their own culture, to be different than the other people around them. So it was more of a defining their culture as a unique people of God. Well, now the gospel's gone beyond just national ethnic Israel and has expanded to, to any who will come to Christ in faith. So don't get caught up in these Old Testament rules. Follow Christ. Don't get caught up in asceticism where you're trying to deny yourself in order to be more spiritual. Look to Christ. Next time we'll see that they're actually looking to angels to guide them instead of Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Colossians.